Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to the animated series Star Wars Resistance. Hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and today we are talking about Star Wars Resistance, Episode 17, The Disappeared. Uh, This is so close to the end of Season 1. There's only three episodes left. We ended on a cliffhanger for the first time. Uh, This series is just getting so good, and ever since the true arc with the First Order began, really with the start of Season 2, the show has just gotten better and better. Cannot wait to talk about it today. Uh, Just a few things before I get started on the episode, though. Um, Last week I talked a bit about uh, books and what I've been reading lately. Um, I I had bought the audiobook a while back, but I finally got around to it, um, to listening. There is the Adventures in Wild Space series, which is young reader. Uh, it's kind of like the Servants of the Empire uh, series that also came out. But, let me see, it's seven books with a kind of a intro prequel book. Um, so it's, no, it's a six book series with the intro. So, yeah, seven books. Uh, but they spread it out over two audiobooks. So, because they're so short, they combined them, and uh, it's about like a six, eight-hour read each, or listen. And uh, these are written by Kevin Scott and Tom Huddleston, who write Star Wars very well anyway. Um, But they are read by January Lavoie. So I've been enjoying those. Uh, It's about the Graf family, uh, who are cartographers, in wild space during the early empire days and well well without spoiling it too much they in books three and four encounter characters from star wars rebels i'll leave it at that Uh, so if you are getting excited about the Hashtag Rebels Remembered um, material that would be coming out uh, the week of March 5th. Th- this might be relevant for you. Uh, it- it's a fun listen. Uh, like I say, it's for young readers, so you know it's very kid-friendly. So it's an easy read. It's a fun listen. Uh, just whatever may tickle your fancy on that. But that's what I'm listening to currently. I'm trying to finish up before Queen's Shadow comes out next week. And I've just thoroughly enjoyed it, especially with the Rebels tie-in. Speaking of hashtag Rebels Remembered, um, th- that is the day uh, John Marie Macias came up with it to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the finale of Star Wars Rebels. Uh, she has invited everyone to post on social media their, their art, their memories, uh, just whatever they want to share about their love for Rebels. I already had in mind to do an episode talking about the series. I was going to do it at the end of the season one of Resistance when I needed, honestly, some filler material 
um, to get us through until next season. Um, but I'm going to actually do a. I'm going to record it probably tomorrow. Um, it's. I'm going to do a full episode uh, contributing to hashtag Rebels Remembered. Uh, that will be up on March 5th. Uh, so uh, if you if you enjoyed Rebels, I hope you'll listen to that episode as well. It will be out before the, my review of the next episode of Resistance. And, okay, oh yes, and as of this recording, we had lots of information about Galaxy's Edge drop last night. Uh, several um, media members were granted uh, a preview access at the Anaheim location and they flooded the uh, the interwebs with all the news and I, I don't think I've even watched or read all of what they have to say. Uh, there's uh, some news report and podcast on there too. Just so much to find out about. Look, simply put, this is going to be the most amazing Star Wars experience you can have. I, t- you know, I took the boys and the wife to uh, Disney Hollywood Studios this past summer. I've talked about it on previous episodes. We did Star Tours. We did the character experiences. Doing shopping at the there's tons of Star Wars stores there now, but I thought that was a great day and immersing in Star Wars, but no, it's going to be nothing like this. Uh, everybody will be in character. The signage will minimally be Disney. It'll be like you're on Batu. The, the restaurants will have the drinks we've always wanted. Bantha milk and melon fruit juice. Um, there will be, you know, tons of vendors uh, selling collectibles and whatever you want lightsabers, droids uh, the, the rides, the riding the Millennium Falcon and you get to meet Hondo and I've posted the amazing animatronic Hondo they're creating uh, that you can interact with the, the Rise of the Resistance ride uh, this is just going to be amazing um and they didn't even talk about the hotel that's coming. Um, I know it's still being probably planned and worked on. But this should be an amazing experience. Uh, I, I understand not everybody's going to get to do it, which is unfortunate. I, you know, if you're a true Star Wars fan, you should you know, have to be able to access this. Um, we probably won't be able... We will be going, be going in about four years. We're waiting for my little studio audience to be old enough for him to remember of the trip. He was a baby when we uh, were there last time, so he won't have any memories. He's actually sleeping on me right now. Um, but when he's old enough, we're all going. We'll get to experience Batu. Um, but for those who are going at opening, could uh, just have fun. It should be amazing. I could go on about Galaxy's Edge. Uh, just, you know, I've tried... I think I either retweeted or commented on just uh, all the material. Uh, It won't, it's not hard. If you're on social media, it won't be hard to find uh, the articles about what we're going to see. Oh, I was going to say, if you have been, or if you 
can go. Uh, the the world of Avatar, um, the Pandora section of Disney Animal Kingdom. It was immersive. There's, it, it's like what Batu should be like. It, like you feel like you're on Pandora, with the, the scenery and just like the lamp posts and the trash cans. They're all within the world. Uh, even uh, like the canteen eatery. After you finish the uh, flight of passage ride, I mean, it looks authentic. It's like you're in a human-built facility on the planet. So, it, and I imagine Galaxy's Edge would be even better than that. So, it's going to be great. But let's move on to an outstanding episode of Resistance. Uh, this was written by Stephen Melching, who uh, he pointed out. On social media, this is his first episode of Resistance that he's written, and he he just did an amazing job. It's a strong contender for best episode of the season. Um, I mean, it may be topped within the next three weeks, but this one was just incredible. Had an amazing mix of tension and humor, and everything we've wanted out of this show. Um. Well, literally, because we got racing and we got the drama with the First Order. Uh, and that's, for, that's what we started with, was what maybe the final race we'll see this season. Um, I did like that it's being run under gray, cloudy skies and had that really foreboding feel to it. And the, the music from Michael Tavera uh, made it that much more exciting and tense. You knew this was an important race. But the cloud cover and just the scenery reminded me so much of that one shot in Revenge of the Sith when they came up on the Jedi Temple. And it had the same cloud cover. And it was just that metaphor for this is the twilight of freedom. That the sun is setting on this era. And for the Jedi, it was their existence, very nearly. Um, but the sun is setting on the freedom for the people of the Colossus because there, there's a battle coming. And it starts next week, honestly. Um, yeah, so it's one last race. You know, they talk about there's going to be an upcoming race to decide uh, a new ace. Um, and I, w I will say, I guess that's been my one major disappointment with the series this season was the overall lack of racing. Now I understand you have to stick to the plot, and they've kept that going. They've had the the threads there the entire time for us. But it was advertised as a racing show, and that it was about high-flying ships and all that and we we didn't get that as much as I thought we would um, I will you know I pointed out uh, one of the uh, comic book stories that was put into Star Wars Adventures uh, by Kevin Burke and Doc Wyatt had a great racing sequence in it a very important one uh, some of the shorts had some great racing so they their supplemental material did try to make up for that, but yeah, the show uh, we, 
you know, just left us wanting more racing. And we got this uh, final one, um, but it had that, yeah, just that sense of dread to it because you know the First Order is not going to let this happen, and Commander Pyre said so. Uh, yeah, that very dramatic shot of Doza just watching the race, trying to maintain normalcy for the station. You know, the people, and he mentioned it, the people of the platform, this is, you know, part of their livelihood in the community. He just wants things to be the way they were, but he just keeps looking over his shoulder, and there's Pyre in the hologram telling him this isn't safe, this isn't what you should be doing. And, yeah, I think I mentioned, it was either last week or the week before, you know, it's just been spinning out of control for Doza. He... He's trying to main control, maintain control, but he can't. Like, he got booted out of his own office for a stormtrooper meeting. Um, it's just come to this point where he's trying to hold on to the last shred of happy freedom that these people have, but it's getting away from him. And as, uh, Stevens just set up the tension from the start with this uh, situation with them. Now, even though we didn't actually get it, it was nice to know, okay, yes, they do have these races where they determine new aces. Um, and we would finally have gotten to see Tam race. Uh, if you think about it, we never actually did. Um, we have not seen her race. Which goes back to my theory about her being the First Order spy. Which, and, and we didn't get that this week. You know, I thought that that scene of her being arrested was in this episode surely is in the next one I, I think they pretty much confirmed that scene of her being arrested is in the next one coming up this week whether or not they actually revealed the spy or not we'll see but you know if she is the spy what if she never what if that whole uh it was a backstory that maybe she never was a racer because we never actually saw her. Maybe she just needed the fireball. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Um, so we're at, we're at Aunt Z's. Uh, Niku orders uh, the Cerulean sour paste for, for everyone, which is a callback to a previous episode way back. Uh, was that was that the High Tower? Maybe. When they had the sour paste. Anyway, no idea what it was. Sounds very citrusy. Um, I would drink one. They didn't mention it, but they need to have those at Galaxy's Edge. We've got to have a sour paste. Uh, I mean, they mentioned all sorts of in universe drinks that we've heard about Java juice and other, but we've got to have sour paste. Yeah, Resistance fans need their stuff. And of course you've got uh, the First Order BB unit. I'm not sure if it's BB-90 or not. I mean, maybe not because they're getting really close to where he'd have to be on the Supremacy to find BB-8. Um, anyway, a little stoolie just hanging out listening for people and then going right in the mount to the Stormtroopers. Um, But he's there accompanying uh, the stormtroopers, 
um, when they're putting out their recruiting posters at Aunt Z's, even though she doesn't want it. Um, and I loved the visual use of the propaganda with the holograms they wanted to place around. And this is a good time to plug, uh, going back to books. I may do that just all the time because there's so much good Star Wars material in, in books and that not, doesn't necessarily relate to this show, but sometimes it does. I may just do that every week, throw in a recommendation. Uh, but Pablo Hidalgo from the Lucasfilm Story Group did a book called Stormtrooper, Stormtrooper, uh, Star Wars Propaganda. And it reads like an in-universe history book of propaganda. Which I really dug because I was a history major as an undergrad. And in some of my classes that were more um, about modern times, we studied the use of propaganda um, to affect society. And uh, this book is amazing. Uh, it's got uh, some paragraphs and like some history lessons. Uh, which one? one of the, a couple of them refer to, even though they've reset the canon, it refers to the Jedi-Sith War that wiped out the Sith and then led to Darth Bane and the Rule of Two. Uh, there's mention of the Mandalorian War with the Jedi, which I'm hoping they get back to at some point with either Old Republic movies or TV shows or something. Uh, there's a lot of just good material to dig into there. But the the original art they put in the book is amazing. Uh, you know, it's recruiting posters. It's uh, the Empire is means, uh, you know, freedom and order and, um, you know, like you know, underground posters for the rebels. And there's references to who, uh, to who made them. There's ones from Sabine. Uh, there's ones... Um, that are uh, they're said they're made by a gentleman named Paulo, who I'm guessing was the the boyfriend that Padme talked about in Attack of the Clones. Um, the, yeah, there's just so much amazing stuff in that book, and so seeing the actual propaganda um, for recruiting purposes in this episode made me think of that book. Um, so yeah, uh, highest highest recommendation for that book. It came out uh, two three years ago. Rebels was still on when it came out. And there's resi Resistance Era stuff in it. Um, man, I wrote badly on this one. Okay, uh, yeah, uh, um, and they talked about it on Bucket's List. The troop carriers that we saw in The Force Awakens play a prominent role in this episode. Uh, and they talked about how they had, you know, redesigned it slightly, uh, you know, to fit the cartoon. Um design for the show um, and I'll, I'll get to how that will play uh, come into play the fact there's a transport out there with special special guests on it uh, so yeah I already talked about uh, first order shuts down the races um, shuts down the livelihood of people on the station the community and again, Doza's just out of control. He can't stop this. And then, you know, he has to, you know, deliver this news to the Aces. And, you know, again, I talked about we didn't get as much racing as we expected on the show. Uh, we, we also didn't get as much 
you know, from the aces. So to see them all having lines in, the, in a single scene was nice, you know. Uh, it would have been great to have gotten more of that all season. You know, some of them may have a part to play later. Um, you know, depending on if anybody leaves to join the resistance or if, you know, they what their participation in the final battle against the First Order is. Um, so there's, there's plenty of uh, material there for them in the future, perhaps. But, you know, we do get this one good scene. Um, you know, Tam is growing increasingly suspicious because, you know, Kaz couldn't hide this carbon scoring and all the battle damage on the fireball. So, you know, that's coming to a head. Uh, it's going to, it's, it's been boiling over. It's going to get even worse next week as far as, um, you know, the implication of the fireball. Um, anyway, they wind up, uh, back at Aunt Z's, and they have the great conversation, Kaz and Tam, about the security versus loss of freedom. When you have an authority like this, and let's be honest, it's a dictatorship, it's, it's authoritarianism, what the First Order is delivering, under, you know, under the guise of protection. It's... You know, the, the, how these a lot of these characters are too young to remember the Empire and like the iron grip they held on a lot of systems. And so, you know, that went away. They had freedom. Things got out of control, like with the pirates. And then this group steps in that has grown out of the Empire. And, you know, they say they're here for protection, but you know they're taking away the freedom. So what? Where? Where's the balance? What's the cost? Um, I mean, that, that's powerful stuff for a kids' show. But they just nailed it with this scene, picturing Christopher Sean and Susie McGrath having that very tense uh, conversation with each other in the recording studio. I, I really hope we we get a, like a season DVD where there's a lot of behind the scenes uh, material of them recording. Um, yeah, you know, like with Rebels, we got that on the Rebels Recon show, um, and it, we've gotten hints of it on, on Resistance Rewind, but I would love to see more of that, because uh, they just nailed this scene and the message that they were delivering. And Niku's in the, you know, in the middle, uh, like literally, there's that one shot where they're face-to-face -face and Niku's right there in the middle, just, yeah, you make a good point, but you make a good point. Uh, he's with his logical, take it literal mind. Uh, that's all he can see. Um, so he he's in the middle. I mean, more than likely he's going to side with Kaz when it comes to it. But um, yeah, he, he in some ways he's the audience uh, in this case because he's accepting both ways, I guess. Um, and, and going back to, you know, the dictatorship authoritarianism of it, you know, Anzi explicitly says the people they don't like, referring to the First Order, they make disappear. And again, that, that's a scary thing. But, but they're making it work on a kid's show. And again, this kid's show 
is doing an outstanding job of making the First Order a major threat, in many ways more so than the Empire ever was. I mean, these stormtroopers are cold and calculating and frightening with how good they are. And I'm going to talk more about that next week because of that preview scene we got. I won't really discuss it here. Um, but yeah, the, the way the First Order operates is just cold-blooded efficient. And they've... All the, all the creators have done a great job showing that off on this show. And I lost my place. Let's see. But and uh, okay, shout out right now to um, uh, Tova Feldsha who plays Aunt Z. I mean, she's been fun all season. She was one of my early favorite characters, but she was, in some ways, the star of this episode. Um, you know, she she is not afraid to stand up to the First Order or shout their name, even though little stooge BB unit goes and tattles on her. Um, you know, she's going to be loud about it. Um, so, Tor shows up looking, you know, can't find hype. Uh, the stormtroopers say he left. So she wants to go sneaking around with Kaz to see if hype's ship is still there. That way they'll know, you know, more information about what's going on. And so they start sneaking around. And at this point, I have to give a shout out to... Uh, it's at Kenzie Louise on Twitter. She's the one who found the clip from Parks and Recreation of Jean Ralphio and Mona Lisa sneaking around the cemetery and uh, trying not to act suspicious, but coming up with a song about don't be uh, not being suspicious. And she put that on Twitter, and all it said was Kaz and Tora sneaking around the Colossus. And I laughed all day when I saw that. I, I posted it more than once just because it was that funny. So shout out to her for a good laugh. And now anytime there's uh, like spying or sneaking on the show, that's all I'm going to think about. Because it was so perfect. You know, Kaz and Tora, uh, a little flamboyant, and they're, and they're sneaking around. No, I'm not, I'm not going to sing it. Um. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Cass has a great plan uh, to get past uh, the stormtroopers. You know, you see CB-23 um, bringing a delivery into the tower. Stormtroopers stop her. And you figure that Kaz and Tora are in the container. Um, and when they open it up, I'd, I'd forgotten this. It was in the trailer at mid-season. Um... I figured they would open up and it'd be it'd be empty and then they'd be like, well, what's going on? And then you know, trying to ask CB23 and then Kaz and Tori would just sneak by them. But no, that's that's when they put the Gorgs in so that they could attack the stormtroopers. And who cares if they're wearing armor? Um, uh, the Gorgs have sharp teeth. If if you know, uh, what was it? Dangerous business. If Bitey can, you know, bite through Kaz's gloves. I mean, they can probably do some damage to a stormtrooper. So it was great visual, great comedy. Uh, just a great payoff to the Gorgs being in the series for this long. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and then, so Kaz and Tor make it to Hype's hangar and find out, uh, yes, his ship is locked down in there. 
Um, you know, we had seen hype, um, you know, confronting the stormtroopers when they um, locked down his ship earlier. Um, and and oh, I think it was on Bucket's list they pointed out, you know, he's got the same design of hangar as Yeager's garage. It's just that he keeps it extremely clean. That's why it's kind of bare bones and really nice in there. Um, but then, and Torah makes reference to you know hype doesn't like the first order, and you know, we finally get the payoff to the high tower when he talks about um, remember when um, the first order showed up and the aces escorted um, the ship in. Um, Kaz, uh, no, uh, Hype said, uh, Dora and I, uh, Dora, Hype said that Doza and he have an understanding that when the First Order is here, he's down at Aunt Z's. Um, so, and then he, you know, talked about, like, he doesn't like the First Order and, you know, has a history with confronting them. So it was, it was nice that that paid off here. Uh, that... You know, they arrested him, and I was going to make him disappear. So we get uh, Hype, Aunt Z, and Greville. I was so, so happy to see Greville again. You know, we got a glimpse of him uh, during the new Trooper, but, uh, you know, I loved him as one of the early foils for Kaz. So it was nice to see him in one of his um, uh, Snaggletooth um, goons. Uh, they were all locked up together, and on Z still defiant, and Donald Faison just got to let loose his hype on this one. Uh, it was a nice callback to, uh, I hope you watched all the shorts at this point, because there were a couple of them where they just let Donald Faison go, and uh, very loud, very excitable, um, and it, it was a lot of that here, like when on Z was stepping on him. Uh, trying to boost up and look out the port. Um, yeah, you could tell he, Donald Faison is just loving being on the show, and that really came out in this episode. Um, oh yeah, so they uh, yeah, Kaz and Tora, they just know that um, Hype Ship is still there at this point, so they go to see Yeager. Behind closed doors, turns out he's talking to Doza, and this is, you know, a very important short scene here. You know, they get uh, Doza to tell them what's going on, and then Yeager explains they're talking about taking down the communications blanket so that they can coordinate with the resistance to get rid of the first order. So, I mean, you know that, you know, Yeager would be all for that plan, but. The fact that he's in it uh, with Doza, I mean, that's the first time that we find out that Doza knows, well, or the, I guess it's complicated. You know, this is the first time that Doza is mentioned as willing to work with the resistance. You know, so the, the questions are there. Has he known that 
uh, Eager has allegiances to them because of his friendship with Poe. Um, you know, has he been sympathetic to the, to the resistance the whole time? How much does he know about them? You know, this is stuff I hope we find out. Um, but just the fact that he and Yeager are going to work together to to contact the resistance, I mean, that's a, that's a big deal for this show. So I was excited about that. Um, I mean, even though he's former Empire, you can tell that at this point that Doza just wants to leave that behind. Um, so, yeah, that was... That was a very powerful, quick scene, uh, just to find out like what he's willing to do at this point. I really liked it. And Kaz's cover story, uh, when Tam's like, what were you doing in there? What are you talking about? And then Kaz, um, oh, we're, we're planning a, a party, a celebration to cheer everyone up. Of course, uh, they had to use the word celebration. You know, it was like, yes, uh, Star Wars Celebration's coming up. So that was funny. And, you know, Niku figures it's an excuse to have more food. And he loves food. And uh, thank you to Jonah Marie Macias at Blue Jay Guys for doing a great gif of Niku doing his little food song. By the way, and she pointed this out, Jonah Marie will make you a gif of your favorite little scene from uh, Resistance if you uh, are nice and ask ever. Do it politely. She's a great person. Um, she, I uh, got one from her. It was of from last week where Kaz and um, Poe went to lightspeed at the end of the episode and signifying the the separation of the the missions. Um, I thought that was a great scene, and I wanted that in GIF form, so I got it. Uh, she was very nice to do that. But she, yeah, she posted the one of Niku and food, which was well-received. But while he's doing that, Tam has that look in her eyes, and it's like, okay, that's it. Walks off. And in my mind, I'm thinking, she's like, okay, i got to talk to the First Order about this. It's time to do something. Um, it goes back to my theory that she's the spy, and that she's set up, kind of jumping ahead... I think she's the one who set up the arrest of um, Kaz and his friends. She's like, look, um, maybe she contacted Pyre, maybe she talked to one of the stormtroopers. I think she was told them, look, I'm suspicious of these guys. Come in and arrest us all, and we'll see where it goes from there. So hopefully we'll find out next week. Um, so more uh, don't be suspicious from Kaz and Tora as um, they have to sneak on a new un previously unseen part of the Colossus uh, it's just all the um, pipework and scaffolding and um, everything else underneath uh, some of the structure uh, so they get some uh, sneaking on there try not to fall off um, CB23 helping out uh, some great comedic visuals there uh, before the tense ending. And again, uh, the Jean Raphael Mona Lisa uh, video is appropriate here. So uh, they find the crate where Aunt Z and Hype and Gravel and his friend are. And I, I like that 
it's about escape, not rescue. Because, you know, my first thought was, oh, they're, you know, they're going to rescue them and everybody will be fine. But Kaz makes a great point. If they go unaccounted for, then they're going to tear the platform apart looking for them. So they have the idea to steal the transport and then get, you know, escape. That way it looks like everything went to plan. Um, so they set it up where Kaz and Tora will ambush the stormtroopers once they're trying to get everybody on the transport. Now, once the fighting starts, and um, actually Leland Chi from the story group pointed this out to me because I asked him a question on Twitter, or I made a comment to him, and he said he's not sure Greville got on the ship. So when the fighting starts, Greville and his goon start running the opposite direction as if they're going back to the station. Now, granted, you know, they, they'd probably do a better job of hiding. Plus, it's good continuity because. Uh, oh, yeah, when the. I guess it was in the Triple Dark. Man, it's been a while. Um, when the pirates were attacking, Greville ran. So that's just what he does. So that's good continuity there. But, yeah, uh, as far as I can tell, yeah, Greville and the goon. I wish I'd got his name, but I didn't. He was one of the Snaggletooth guys. Um. And he works for Gravel. We've seen that before. Yeah, they run the opposite direction of the ship, so they don't get on. So it's just Aunt Z and Hype who leave. I don't know if that will come into play later, but um, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. When I, because I'm going to end the show talking about the parallels with the movie, since we're in that, definitely in that time frame now. Um, but it was a great, great fight. Uh, I don't think I can give it justice talking about it, but you know. You know, Kaz, he's gotten into a scuffle, so, you know, having to fight with that one stormtrooper, and then uh, just the sight of Tora jumping on one of them and grabbing his blaster and wildly trying to stun the other ones uh, was great. Um, but, you know, Z took out a couple of the stormtroopers. Uh, Hype got up the courage he needed to, uh, you know, push that one over the edge. He may have killed it, man. I don't know. Um, uh, well, I mean, I mean, he had to fall pretty far and went in the water. But um, so hype did what he needed to. So that was a great character moment for him. You know, I really thought, and I've said it before, I really thought that hype perhaps would join the resistance and maybe be in some sort of squadron with Kaz and Tora. But, you know, as we see, he and Aunt Z go their own way and escape in the transport, going to Takodana. Um, that's also the third reference to Takodana on the show. Now, I did, a, uh, that was another thing I asked Le- uh, Leland was, was there any significance to that? And he, and he just said, no, we did that um, because the kids will recognize the, the planet name. I mean, and it's it's a prominent sequel era location now, so it makes sense. Uh, you know, I still picture that it's just like, you know, the next system or a couple of systems over. It's kind of like if you watch The Simpsons, uh, Springfield and Shelby Shelbyville, they're that close. But anyway, so and uh, it makes sense that Aunt Z, being a bartender, would know Moz. Um, 
especially you know if they're in a nearby system that they would have met or had adventures together um, you know if they're in the same profession um, and you know think about it Aunt Z's got a lot of collectibles in her bar there's a Mandalorian helmet there's a bunch of other stuff so you know I wonder where she got that I actually just thought of that but yeah that's a good callback to all the knickknacks she has and of course Maz does her own collecting hmm maybe that's uh maybe a nice young reader book in the as an aside um, so anyway yeah that's where they're going um, I'll finish the review and then I'll uh, get into discussion on that because uh, there's a lot of possibilities but you know Kaz and Tora saved the day they saved all the you know everybody from whatever fate I mean who knows whether the prison I say prisoners but you know the first order is transporting these people off this the platform off the planet where are they taking them you know they never say you know that that's when it can get kind of dark you know like what where exactly are they doing with them but whatever it is Cass and Torres saved the four from that um, and then so you, that's a conclusion to the episode you thought well that's it but no, they keep it going, and you know, Tori goes home uh, to her room, I guess. And then Kaz and CB23 go back to the hangar, and there's the first order, ready to arrest everybody. And we get our cliffhanger. And it's the first time we've had a cliffhanger uh, this season. Um, and on the preview for next week, without getting into detail, you know, it starts right after. So it picks up immediately, so it's almost like a two-parter with next week. Uh, and that gets into uh, how I'll wrap it up with a discussion of, you know, this is based on Tam working on the fireball. It's probably the day after, or no more than two days after, Kaz got back from... Uh, the Tahar system, more than likely. Um, so, you know, by now, Poe and BB-8 have made it to Jakku. They may have already had that battle with Kylo Ren and the troops. So, you know, depending how long. You know, because we saw at least one full day in the life of Rey. And then, you know, Poe was on the ship being interrogated. So all that's going down at the exact same time as this. And then we get, based on the episode descriptions, we get the message from Leia next week. And I think, well, you know, the last episode is two parts, spread over two weeks. So No Escape Part 1, which, and this isn't really spoilers, um, no, Esca no Escape Part 1 which comes out in just over a week. The episode description pretty much tells you that's when Hosnian Prime is destroyed. So, you know, we're, we're in that time period if you're trying to visualize it. 
Um, so from the time the First Order arrives at Jakku to when Hosian Prime is destroyed is probably two, three, uh, two, three days, maybe four or five of the most. Um, so we're in that. So, you know, all the First Order moves are going down at about the same time. I'm starting to think <laughs> we may not get to the events of The Last Jedi this season. I don't know, we'll see. Um, but we, I mean, we're definitely in the movie timeline. That is happening, uh, you know, while all this is going on in the Colossus. So Aunt Z and Hype are on their way to Takodana in a First Order transport ship. Some of those we know arrive at Takodana with the First Order invasion group when they destroy Maz's castle. So the big question is, when are Anzi and Hype going to get there? Is it before or after that? I'm starting to think, well, maybe they get there after, and then, like, you know, they land, and Anzi's like, what happened, Maz? And Maz is like, uh, well, First Order. It looks like you had, a, had fun with them, too. It, it, it would be both funny and sad if turns out they landed like right before or during the battle and that one uh, First Order trooper who ran out of the transport and got shot by Finn um, was either hype in disguise or the First Order officer who, who woke up. It's like, where, why, why are we going to talk about Donna? We better go out and fight and then get shot dead by Finn. Um, I don't know. This will probably be some sort of side story told later. I don't think they're going to, like, show Takodana on the show, but yeah, this is all speculation, just fun. Uh, it would be funny if Aunt Z and Hype were part of that, uh, helped Maz during that labor dispute that we see her fighting in The Last Jedi. I don't know. Um, and on a side note, uh, the Lego Star Wars also had the the characters go to Takodana during all this, or right before it. So then I'm picturing Aunt Z and Hype meeting Roger and Moxie and Kapow, and them getting into some adventure uh, really quick. I don't know, there's just a lot to chew on, but I hope we find out in some story um, what happens to them if they don't make it back to the station by the end of the season. I think I've rambled long enough. Um, as I said, uh, Stephen Melching wrote an outstanding episode. Maybe the best of the season. You had the perfect balance of the humor and the tension and the action. You got racing. You got fighting the First Order. You got a cliffhanger. Um, it, it's it's been, it's been going so strong for over a month. There's three episodes left. It's just going to get better and better. Um, cannot wait to see what happens. I don't even care at this point if I'm right or wrong on Tam. I just want to you know I just want to see a great conclusion to this and then suffer for the seven months until the next season starts. Uh, but that's it. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, follow me on social media, 
uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Radio Dakar, R-A-D-I-O-D-Q-A-R. Um, all the episodes are on iTunes and SoundCloud. If you want to go back and listen to episode reviews, um, mid-season review, anything else, I will have plenty of material in the off-season. Uh, again, my Rebels Remembered uh, episode will be out on May, uh, March 5th. I'm going to record it tomorrow and just have it ready to download. All right, uh, thanks again, and I will see you next week for what should be an amazing episode, too. Until then, may the Force be with you.